Welcome to Bonjour Bitch. My name is Charlotte and I'm many things, but most importantly for this podcast, I am multicultural and sometimes a bitch. We're going to talk about everything from relationships to daily life, all from a multicultural point of view. Each week, I'll be accompanied by the most amazing guests to delve further into topics that really affect us all. You'd better get ready for it, bitches. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode where we will be discussing dance and confidence and heels and feels with the fabulous Sherelle, creator of Heels and Feels, Connects Agency and a West End Queen in Six the Musical. Hi, Sherelle. Hi, I love that. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm really well. Thanks for having me. I think it's it's lovely to have discussions in this time as well. I think there's so much um, uncertainty, which is probably one of my favorite things in life anyway, because you grow so much. But I think it's good for people to discuss topics and and things that we wouldn't usually get to do when we're running around and, and doing the most every day. So, yeah, it's lovely to be here. Awesome. Um, so let's get started. Whereabouts did you grow up and where is your family originally from? Well, my dad grew up in Peckham, southeast London, and my mum grew up in Kent. And I was kind of raised in the middle. So, yeah, southeast London, but I've now uh, moved out to Kent. So, uh, like, Orpington area. Nice. And so how have your origins influenced you professionally? Uh, Well, so my mum is Sri Lankan. My dad's Irish. But they're very westernised. Like, they're not really traditional and I think my parents were quite keen to to push me into things that I wanted to do it wasn't like you have to go down this route or you have to go down that route they were very supportive and uh, something quite funny is they had nicknamed me CJ before I was even born because they actually wanted me to be a performer and that was apparently my stage name which I don't actually use much I do use Sherelle J CJ was supposed to be my stage name because my parents were both performers in their heyday so amazing what did they do so my mum was a gymnast um and she kind of danced although that wasn't what she wanted to go into um but she was a gymnast and my dad pretty much done anything from martial arts to break dancing anything kind of thrown himself around (laughs) um and then they they met clubbing and they always had a love for dance and I for me growing up it was like DJing and and having music in my household like it was a massive thing for us that it was about creativity yeah I think I've I've definitely been um I don't know what the word is but not pushed in the direction but yeah I I think it was always kind of inevitable that I was gonna go down that route heavily influenced there we go yes that's (laughs) PC way of saying it (laughs) (laughs) yeah And obviously that's how it's impacted you professionally, but more Mm -hmm. importantly, how have your origins impacted you personally? Both of your parents were born in the UK, but your dad being of Irish origin and your mum being of Sri Lankan origin, were there ever any moments in your personal life where you maybe felt pressure for certain things or, you know, that you had to live up to a certain standard or things like that? Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I wouldn't say it was down to like any kind of major heritage or or like outside family kind of background things because as I say, my parents kind of were always happy for me to do what I, I love doing and they very much pushed me in the direction of 
of fulfilling my dreams but I think if I'm honest and I do talk about this quite a lot even with my family they were always grafters they like they were always having several jobs and this business and that business and, and there was always you know hungry for something so I think there was a certain expectation of like always delivering and for me I probably struggled a lot in my early adult years because you know as a dancer or <laughs> I don't know as a creative if you haven't quite reached where you want to go it is you know you're making ends meet you're going from not much you're going from job to job you're having breaks in between you don't really know where you stand one minute you're on the west end the next you're working in a call center it wasn't a problem but it just I think for my self-esteem I didn't know where I was at one minute I'm getting praised by not just my parents but my whole family and like being put on this pedestal and then the next it's like oh okay you're not doing much now so you know, when, when are you going to be back on stage? And there was there was a lot of pressure to kind of uh, live up to your first job or your first bit of success. Yeah. And I think I've always put uh, an immense amount of pressure on myself to deliver. Hence why, like, I started off having multiple jobs at one time. And I guess now being able to say that I, I've created um, some businesses, um, which is was never the the case I don't I don't think I was ever someone that thought of myself as a person with a business mind or mentality at all because I was the person like I just want to dance on stage I just want to you know but I'm quite glad that it turned that way because it's it's opened my eyes to like also helping a lot of people that were in the same positions that I am and and not necessarily having to go down one route just because it was expected of you I think I say to a lot of like younger people now, like just be open, try everything, say yes, you know. But yeah, it definitely did impact me for my first few years, for sure. There was a, I put a ton of pressure on myself to deliver. And how do you define where you're from when you're asked? Are labels important to you? Personally, no. This is a question that I've been exploring mainly this year as well. It is something that I am passionate about and I want to absolutely learn more about where I'm from and who I am kind of at the corest part of me but I also don't like to be defined by much mm. so it's like a kind of battle of yes wanting to belong somewhere but also like absolute freedom and just kind of being what I want to be if that makes sense yeah I think I struggled a little bit because my dad doesn't actually know his uh, real dad and he was quite happy to not know which meant that we didn't kind of have much say in that. So that's quite, and I've expressed to him that it's, you know, quite hard to not know where your grandparents are really from. And yeah. I've, you know, I've taken on that that surname, but it's not really mine if we're talking about blood. And there, there is a, a part of me that feels a little bit disconnected from, yeah, just knowing where I come from, I guess. And I think that's probably why I've detached myself from a title yeah if that does make sense because I, I just maybe a sense of belonging or not really knowing it has made me feel like I've just got to step away entirely just to yeah I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> but it does but it's interesting because when I asked you where you're from and where your family originally is from you straight away went for Peckham and sort of very local and then when we yeah, delved do you know into what it... I feel I feel more connected to like that as opposed to a country as a whole because if, if I'm honest I've never visited Sri Lanka I've never I mean I've visited Dublin but I've never really like gone where 
my not my real grandfather but you know yeah, yeah I've not yeah. gone to there in Ireland and and so I guess a part of me doesn't feel connected as much as I'm absolutely so passionate about wanting to go and explore and, and finally get that chance to go and visit where I'm from I just feel instantly connected to I don't know why I'm such a South London girl like I just <laughs> I think even in my industry and and it makes sense you know I mean your mum your mum was born in the UK right yeah both of my parents yeah so it it's you know you're that second or even third generation and yeah. yes you have the heritage but you know whereas I'm half English half French and that's straight away what I tell people because yeah both my parents were born in England and in France and then I was born in Switzerland and I was always brought up very much with those two cultures and they define me in a way that I've wanted to be defined by them Um, right okay you know I think your heritage is something to be really proud of because it makes you in some way who you are and absolutely I can totally resonate with what you're saying about grandparents and not really knowing my mother's father he was always very very dodgy about saying things and where he came from yeah and he died when my mum was very young and it's only recently that we've discovered loads of stuff about him um through ancestry and through sort of digging around and you know you sort of realize that up until our generation maybe or even our parents generation Mm. hush hush was the order of the day family secrets were yeah about everything about everything. everything and I think yeah I even down to you know it's heavily discussed now m- mental health and stuff but you know when I was growing up it was just not talked about and you have several people in your family and you think oh what, what was wrong with that uncle and what was wrong with that person there's nothing was wrong with them it's just that they had maybe certain illnesses or but it was just never talked about and it's only when you get old and you think oh okay that person behaved like this because of that or though you know it just wasn't discussed when we were growing up and I think even within a family it wasn't it was just like okay that's that person's fine let's not talk about it and that didn't happen and let's you know it's it's crazy but I think there's a part of me that wants to respect a sense of that hush hush if that's how they feel um maybe maybe at a point and I really do believe that I think so much of this year and everything that's gone on especially with um you know all the protests and Black Lives Matter and me kind of really being passionate about different cultures and and wanting to stand for diversity inclusion and representation and stuff I just feel like there was a missing hole for me or a gap where I felt like oh well where am I really from and shouldn't I know the backgrounds of of me and and that was like a a conversation I had with my parents and I just said I, I feel a little bit not lost just I would like to know more yeah and yeah. I think that's just a journey that I'm on now um yeah for myself like we've discussed about going to Sri Lanka in the next year um and I think that would be nice to go with family and stuff and 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 explore with people that are actually from there and would know more than me just kind of going winging it by myself or with a friend or you know so that's definitely been yeah something that's happened this year that's just I I think before I was a little bit not it wasn't naive it was more not denial either but just oh I I don't know much so therefore oh ignorance is bliss isn't it so yeah Yeah, I I think there was a part of that for me and now I'm I'm starting to think you know I I would really like to know more and it not be so hush hush and 
what motivated you to go into dancing and teaching and acting and singing and creating your own agency? <laughs> it was it was definitely my upbringing. Um, as I say, I was always brought up listening to music and watching creative things like you know my dad used to stage like fight scenes and he used to always want to like create films and we've got hundreds of videos like home homemade videos of like <laughs> you'll literally see me in one video I go from being like a pretend DJ to like a swimmer <laughs> to like a gymnast and like I'm just in my living room like in all these different outfits just being different things and I just I don't know I I, I just I love the idea of creating or being something other than like what I could be day to day. And then, you know, it was just, it was just something that I also fell into because I don't think there was anything else I was really interested in. And only now in my later years, like have things like teaching or like being a bit more business minded come into play. Cause before it was just artistry. It was just wanting to be on stage or wanting to create, wanting to write, wanting to sing. Now I, I really enjoy like, solving problems I really enjoy like making things happen that feel impossible at the beginning and then you go oh my god actually we can turn this around and we can do this and we can add that person here and you know I, I like problem solving so that's just come in the late years and teaching for me personally it was always this saying that um you know those who can do those who can't teach and that doesn't feel right at all because actually I, I prefer teaching more than I do performing at times these days and that's crazy to me because it was always like oh if you're a teacher you kind of just didn't make it and I don't think that should be the case at all I, I think it should be a case of no I just I love helping others I, I want to see people thrive with confidence and, and with I don't know self-expression it's just something that I'm really passionate about that I never was I'll be honest I, it was never something that I wanted to do but as I say, I kind of fell into that in the last few years. Amazing. Well, you know, it's like every career, things evolve. And, you know, it's like in a sort of office career, you start at the bottom and you're a doer. And then you sort of climb to the top. And the more you sort of climb up to managerial positions, you don't really do any more that much. You sort of <laughs> yeah. teach and nurture other people's talents. Yeah. And I think with teaching, that's probably very much the same. Yeah. And I think, you know, even learning to delegate or learning to figure out how people work best is something that I'm, I'm kind of working on at the moment, because as I say, I, I never learned to be a manager. I never learned to be a business owner. It's not something that I studied at all. But I realized that, you know, maybe one of my staff might work better if I approach it in this way versus the next person. Like someone might prefer a bit of a, come on let's get this done and you know a bit more of a harsh approach and the other person you know might be open to an, another way of learning but these are all things that I am kind of figuring out as I do if that makes sense it's not something yeah. that I, I have a strategy behind it's just I'm learning on the job and I think if more people were open to making mistakes I like thrive off of losses I think so many people are scared to fail and I'm like no please let me like learn something massive here so I don't have to do it again or I can at least learn to do it better the next time like I, I kind of thrive in that in that area of uncertainty so yeah that's a good thing for me and where do you see your industry going as far as inclusivity and diversity we discussed it slightly yeah do you think there's still challenges I I do and I think 
I think we're only heading in a better or a, a, a right direction by bringing everything up and kind of allowing it to surface the way it has done this year. It is, it's unfortunate, but I think it's kind of been a real push for the people at the top or the people who make those kind of bigger decisions to have to open up doors for more more room for you know anyone that's not been included as much in this time and for me that's something that I'm so passionate about within like even hills and fields you know I want anyone and everyone to be able to come and work and it's not about oh well, who who have you done this with and who have you there is a part of me that goes no I want anyone to do it but I, I also want to be mindful that no I, I also want people that haven't had that privilege or mm. haven't been represented to have their voice as well you know for me when we started raising money within lockdown and we was kind of wanting to donate to certain charities instead of just kind of winging it and saying oh we'll chat we'll um donate to this charity because we think it's great it was like well no let me go and speak to the people within my community who I think would either benefit from this or who I feel like has an idea of where they would like some money to go or where they feel places are underrepresented. And, and that was really nice speaking to a lot of my community um, who, you know, were suffering at the time and, and, and were really feeling um, this tragedy this year. So I think, I, I think the massive thing that I've learned is, you know, amplifying the voices of those who haven't had the chance to, you know, use it. And I think if within all of our industry, everyone was okay to let their ego go, or okay to, you know, let someone else make a decision or at least be open to hearing others' perspectives and ideas and, and ways of, I don't know, uh, growing, I think we would all have a much better chance. And I think, especially the musical industry right now, they're kind of being forced to, it's a shame, I wish they would have opened up a lot more sooner, but I think they are being forced to kind of step back and, and allow change to happen. But let's discuss also the catastrophic impact of COVID-19 on your industry. I mean, it's affected every industry oh. under the sun, except for hand sanitizers and toilet paper, <laughs> um, which them it's impacted positively, which is great for them. Mm. Um, but neither you or I are in those industries. Um, yeah. You know, I have an event business and it's completely dead for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, the arts has had to stop you know I was just talking about it with my sister the other day we go to at least seven or eight concerts a year oh my god the last time we went to a concert was in January like it's one of my favorite things to do <laughs> yeah what, what is wrong like no musicals yeah. no theater all the ballet productions everything music, has been yeah. stopped and it's heartbreaking because it's such a huge industry and obviously the people you see on stage, but also mm. all the people that you don't see no, during production. Exactly. And how have you been able to navigate this situation since March? And how do you see it for the future? Uh, so I feel like a little bit 50-50, because in one sense, I have completely kind of absolutely understood the weight of and the severity of, of how hard it's been for everyone and I just want it to bloody go away so we can all get back on stage and just do our thing but in the other breath I've seen how much people have excelled in things that they didn't know that they could do things that they probably would have been too busy or too scared to start up I've just seen people kind of completely change themselves and not because they wanted to or because we had to we had to make some kind of living we had to do something in this time and 
it was kind of beautiful to to see our industry come together in a sense so that we could all help each other you know whether it was with new businesses or new ideas or you know just being innovative in this time and coming up with online classes concerts any kind of thing that we were thinking about we we'd done it we I feel like we we really tried to just give it a go but in the other sense I, I do think there is a huge part of mental health that's been just really effed around with and yeah. I think it's getting a little bit hard now and I think those first few months I mean I made drastic changes in my life like just to how I functioned what I'd done with my days how productive I was uh, like things that I was trying for myself but now it's just getting to the point where there there is a, a part of me that's just like I do need some kind of structure to live I do need some kind of uh not goal but uh, I need something to to look forward to or to to work towards and I feel like you know whether you're in a production or you're auditioning you have a sense of that you have a sense of okay well I might not be here yet, but I'm I'm heading towards this this direction, and and now it just feels like where am I? It just feels like this kind of I don't know, like void in a sense. And and as I say, I'm quite fortunate that I have other little things to fall back on, but I I understand that not everyone does, and it's a really hard time to have to rely on the government or whoever it is that's making these decisions about when we can return or when we can't, and which industry can go back first, and it's, it just feels. I don't like to use the uh, the word unfair because I just feel it, it can be a bit victimized, but it does feel like we're all put in this position and it's it's very unfair. But there, there's hope, I, I guess. <laughs> there is hope. I, I mean, I again, I'm quite lucky. I, I get to return to my musical soon, unless we have another lockdown. And I ca- I can say that there are people in the industry that are really trying to propel us or, or at least move us in the right direction. And they probably are taking hits and it's a risk but I, I do believe that they are trying at least to to kind of get us going yeah and I just happen to be a bit fortunate to be in a show that that is able to do that financially right now that's amazing that's six isn't it yeah which queen do you play so I am an alternate so I alternate between Anna of Cleves and Anne Boleyn but also because we're an alternate and kind of a swing we we fleet between some of the roles like I've sometimes been in my dressing room and then they've been like right this queen's gone down you're the person that next covers that person right you need to come down you're like what I haven't played that role before and it's a stress but I also love that as well that's the the, the thing of uncertainty with me I, I just there's something crazy and fun and like magical that happens in things that you don't know if they're going to go well or not <laughs> like yeah and I think that's a pretty cool thing to have you have to know the whole musical by heart yeah as different characters wow yeah I think that's something that's and I would say to anyone that's in the industry that does or plays those roles like how I feel like they would thrive in business because it is literally like having different hats isn't it you know one day you might have to be the accountant the next day you might have to be the I don't know but it's just knowing how to fleet between I, I don't know part of me is like basically like multitasking as well knowing how to right I'm gonna go on stage but I need to remember what harmony that line or that person sings what side of stage she comes what prop she picks up you know versus the character you might have played in the matinee performance or the, the night before so it's like oh my gosh uh and it's a stress but it's fun <laughs> kind of it's crazy <laughs> and if you could pick any role 
what would be your ideal role that you feel that you aspire to and when you get there you'll be like my work is done here I've, I've reached the top um can I be honest like I wasn't ever someone who wanted to get into musical theatre like I I really did fall into it I I was pretty against it I thought it was the most cheesiest thing ever I really wanted to be like a hip-hop dancer and like dance behind like cool artists <laughs> like so me going into musical theatre people were like what CJ's doing a musical but I love it now as I say I love storytelling and I love being a part of like a show and a production but if I'm honest I I didn't have that I would love to be this role growing. I never had that. I think one musical that I love, and I think everyone knows it from what I always put on like Instagram and stuff, is In the Heights, playing the role of Nina. I, I just love, I've seen the show a couple of times. I, I love the the songs and the music in that show. Um, yeah, it's a role that I would love to do. Um, I kind of got the job and had to turn it down because of a job that I was doing at the time. So it's kind of like, please, can you come back again and let me have another go and try it? <laughs> um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it would be the be all and end all. Like I'm genuinely loving kind of just seeing what happens in my career. I, I've never set out to do anything and it's happened. It's always just kind of been a, a free for all in a sense. And I just kind of wing it and, and see how it goes. So I, I kind of like that as well. Amazing. And do you ever think of yourself or consider yourself a role model? Yes, but I wish I could say no. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know that I have a part in helping people. And I, I think especially with the business that I've started and the amount of people I have helped, not because I, I knew that that was going to happen. I think it's pretty wrong of me to say that I'm not. However, there is a, a certain amount of pressure that comes with it that <laughs> it just sometimes you, you wish that you didn't have that on your shoulders. And not myself, but anyone kind of in my position or industry that that feels the weight of it, I, I do send love and patience because you can't help everyone. And, you know, we aren't therapists or we aren't necessarily trained to to deal with things at such a, a heightened level. And, and, and sometimes you really do want to help everyone and it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. So I try to do what I can with the the things that I've learned and I try to make it more about experiences as opposed to I don't know like actual teaching uh like you know if you go through this you have to do x y and z I don't I don't believe in that I believe in sharing my experience and if that helps then great and that's what that my my capacity is if that makes sense but yeah I would like to say that you know something I'm passionate about is helping others and therefore I guess <laughs> there's a bit of role model in that <laughs> It's time for the bitch fire round. Amazing. Well, listen, it's now time for our bitch fire question round. Um, so I will say to you, for example, dog or cat, and you need to answer as fast as possible with your selected one. Okay, let's do it. Dog or cat? Dog. Netflix or Prime? Netflix. Bath or shower? Shower. ASOS or Zara? ASOS. Sweet or savoury? Savoury, always. Coffee or tea? Hard one, I don't like either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a herbal tea. <laughs> Winter or summer? Summer. City or countryside? Ooh. 
city. If you said beach, it would have been beach all day long, but city. <laughs> Vintage or new? New. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Well, listen, thank you so much, Sherelle, <laughs> for joining us today on Bonjour Bitch. Can you please remind us of your social media handle? Yep, it's Sherelle J. So that's C-H-E-R-E-L-L-E and then just J-A-Y. And then if you're interested in um, dancing, performing, or just kind of coming down and having a good time and celebrating your body, uh, I have a company. It's called Hills and Fills UK. Um, and yeah, you can come and just have a great time with us and yeah, feel Amazing. bloody fire. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much. It's been absolutely lovely speaking to you. And I really, really hope that we get to meet in person at some point for sure soon. yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me thank you so much thank you for listening guys bye bye remember to tune in next monday for a brand new episode and please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast it really does help us out we'll see you then au revoir bitches au revoir